0: What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of what is obviously the greatest show that has ever been created in all of creation by people who create things named Corey. This is Nerd Thug Radio, and I am Corey DLG, and with me, as usual, little brother Nico. That's me. Hey, look, it's you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, bringing you a special birthday edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Is that is that what's happening?
1: Oh, oh.
0: That's right. That's right. It is, in fact, my birthday this weekend. Um, so I'll be a hundred and twenty-two.
1: Yep, 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 yep.
0: And I don't look a day over twenty-five.
1: Yep, 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 yep.
0: Um, man, yeah, I appreciate you just agreeing to those lies like that. That's
1: well, I mean, like, look, I mean, I gotta bank you sometimes.
0: That's true. That's true. Those are easy ones. I like it.
1: Yeah. If <laughs> someone's like, are you sure he's 122? And I was like, yeah, I saw him at least 20 of those years.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was there for some of it. He's old. He's old as death, so.
1: Yeah, older than me, like.
0: That's true. So if you're young, I'm old. Right. Yeah, that's how words work. Okay, i about buy that. Um, yeah, man, what, what's been going on? How, how was your weekend?
1: Uh, so far, it's been all right. Did you do anything fun this weekend? Uh, no, not at all. No, I'm kidding. Tons of let's, stuff. Let's say I thought you you were pretty busy this weekend. You, I've, you I'm were, pretty like, busy booked. always now. I'm busy. I'm booked solid. You gotta you gotta like schedule an appointment with me now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're a VIP, bro.
1: Like, Got to get you on mean, the list. You gotta call v- my I- agent, which is also me. That's uh, true.
0: Yeah, that's true, man. Between this and the new show, um, for those who aren't aware yet, Vox Media did in fact uh, sign your boy Corey Dlg to be co-host of the Battle Red Radio uh, show, the official Texans podcast for uh, for Vox Media. Which means Nico and I have been rather busy.
1: Yeah, we record like a thousand times a day. (laughs) <laughs> there's 57 shows a week
0: it, it, it as it, it definitely is a weird thing we pitch right the idea of recording like four or five times a week but these are shorter episodes kind of quick hits uh, I, I think it's a good idea 25 minute little spots where we just kind of cover a different topic every time real quick
1: yeah and there's just a ton of stuff to listen to You're when you're behind you're never that far behind
0: yeah, it's not like you're, it's not like you're down like hours of content or anything. So, I think in that regard, it's it's kind of to the benefit. Um, but yeah, it is exciting. It's it's going gangbusters already. Uh, so I'm excited. Just with the couple first couple episodes we've made, we're already over a thousand downloads. Uh, it's, it's 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 moving quick for what is basically a brand new show. Also, our co-host. Uh, Colton Mulski is an Emmy winner.
1: Yeah, he's got a picture of it. He's official.
0: <laughs> I was, So you're the one who noticed it. You looked him up, and you were like, this guy won an Emmy. And I was like,
1: what?
0: So the next day, I texted him, and I was like, hey, bro, you got an Emmy? And he sent me this picture of him standing in, a, like I, I assume, his kitchen, just holding this Emmy. And yeah, I, just, I just started laughing. I was like, that's cool. I don't know what I would do if I had a name. What would you do if you had like a, like just random national award just kind of laying around? Would you, what, what would you do with the one?
1: Like, I would just, I would just take it with me places.
0: Like everywhere?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I want like a, like if I'm wearing like a bag, I want like a, like a, sh- a special platform, like shoulder level. It's like a little shelf that just like plugs into <laughs> it. I'm like, the heck is that? And you're like, oh, yeah, I got an Emmy. Sorry.
0: So well, kind of like um, those people. I've seen mostly in Asian girls who carry those like clear backpacks so their cat can go with them. Like the cat's like an astronaut. Oh, yeah. Kind of like that. That's what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, that would also be very funny like it's a, like it's a dog or a pet like you just like
0: or like you or like you start bringing it in a yeah this is my kid my emmy
1: yeah, like yeah this is this is emmy oh you have a daughter no it's Miami. like no no it's literally it's an emmy it's like they got like the baby carriers but like it's like small <laughs> to fit the fit <laughs> the trophy
0: <laughs> i dig it i that's what i think that's what i would do i think i would put it like in a stroller it's pretty good. And then, God forbid I win like multiple.
1: Yeah, No, well, I can't handle all these awards. I can't carry them all at once. You got to hire a second person to carry around your awards.
0: Which I would. That would be a, like a necessary expense. Like posting Craigslist ads. Who wants to make 50 bucks today? Just need you to follow me around for three hours with this Emmy.
1: Like, <laughs> can I keep it? No, it's mine. But... No, no,
0: I want it, but you can hold it.
1: I need you to hold it behind me as I speak everywhere
0: yeah just hold these two Emmys up in the air everywhere we go today while I run my errands I have to go to the dentist that's it that's all I have to do just stand there and hold these two Emmys up (laughs) in the air
1: so you get anything the dentist is just like working on you asking you questions as he's got his fingers in your mouth because you know dentists are very intelligent people
0: (laughs) I feel like that was a shot fired there
1: A little bit because they always try to make small talk while they're drilling into your teeth. Yeah, but I kind of
0: feel like that's like one part sympathy, like they feel bad for you because they know they're hurting you, and also like, what else are they supposed to do while they're there with you?
1: Right, but like I don't know. Tell me a story. Like, don't ask me. I can't respond. (laughs) That's true.
0: When I had braces, the guy had headphones, and he had like seven different like stations. He streamed into the office, and this is a long time ago. One of them was like. Disney music and one of them was just like local radio shows um, and he would just straight up tell you when you sat down go ahead and put these headphones on
1: yeah like that makes more sense and I've been to dentist's office where they'll give you like headphones or like if you want to watch a TV show like they'll put it on
0: either that or have oh, this is going to sound terrible but just have like a really cute dental hygienist so I don't have to like think for a while I can just stare at something
1: just staring at a person the entire time, like they're not even working on your teeth, like they're just in the room.
0: Yeah, they're just hanging out. Like they can even be doing other stuff, bookkeeping or something.
1: But yeah, I don't, I don't. know why. Ask me my life story and be like, especially because it's never like, you know, like leading into something. It's always like, oh, how are you doing? And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: The weird part is though he responds, he's like, "Oh no, I know the weather's been crazy."
1: Yeah, and then you somehow come out of that exchange like, "Yeah, that'll be thirty two thousand like, <laughs> dollars." did I pay you for therapy? What happened? Are you gonna hug me now? Like, when did when did we get? Am when I supposed did... to feel better? I just, this is just worse. My teeth look nice though, I guess. Yeah, yep. Yeah, hey, listen, they're they're cleaner,
0: but they hurt now. Am yeah. I bleeding?
1: Is that my fault? Should I have done better? <laughs> it's like, no, did I just get stabbed in the gums by a very sharp thing and be like, you need to clean better. Like, yeah. no, you stabbed me. That's not that's not my fault. You're you're not flossing. I don't I mean
0: not not that deep. I'm not drilling for anything. Yeah. There's not oil in my gums. Like
1: Man, that's that's what they're really hoping for. Every dentist is just an oil tycoon and they're just drilling to find oil in someone's (laughs) teeth somewhere. Oh, no, because how awful would it be if
0: they found oil in your gums and then they claimed the mineral rights to your mouth?
1: I mean, like, I assume at that point you get, like, a lump sum or, like, maybe, like, a percentage of profits.
0: What was the name of that movie? Oh, oh, no. Oh, no.
1: Well, oh, no. So that's the end of that story. I'm
0: getting old now. Chris Pine and Ben Foster, they were they were brothers. They were, they were robbing banks. It's in, like, sad...
1: This is not even the first time we've talked about this movie.
0: <laughs> no, it's not, and I still don't remember the name of it. And it's, like, sad small town Texas where everything's closing down. And they're robbing banks so they can pay off a reverse mortgage so they can keep the land... Because they found oil on the land, and it'll take care of the kids for life.
1: Man, that's incredible.
0: See, I I always, I I really liked that movie. Uh, I always like it when you do a little wrong for a good cause. That feels like a very Texan thing to do.
1: It's a very, like, I mean, that's every hero's thing, right? Like. Got to do something wrong to somebody so you can make the world right. It's not every hero. Captain America wouldn't do it. I mean, he was the bad guy. If you were a, if you were a (laughs) (laughs) Nazi.
0: Well, I mean, technically, (laughs) I had a weird conversation with somebody the other day.
1: Okay, like how you just you just
0: going not even talk about my point because you know I'm right. No, no, it's a, it's about it's about the not. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, is a nice guy, very nice gentleman, but he said he stopped buying comic books because he felt like wokeism was was had creeped in and ruined comic books. And mm-hmm. and uh, I don't agree with that, and I I said. As much I told him, I said I think what happened is they were always this way, but lots of people maybe their politics has changed over the years, and now they don't want t- to realize that maybe they disagree now with some of their heroes. And it's okay to disagree with your heroes. Um, but I think that's the issue. And he said, No, 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 like. You know, nowadays people say that the the Nazis are far right. When during World War Two they were far left, and I said, I don't, I don't think they were. I think they were far right, even in World War Two.
1: That's 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 because we have distorted what a political compass is.
0: Uh, well, he 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 did point out that Nazi the the word in Nazi is socialist it was the national socialist people socialist something i don't know i don't speak german anyway it was supposed to be socialist people socialist movement but I, if i remember my history right hitler and the nazis basically co-opted what was already a popular socialist movement in germany but but the government they created was was actually a, a fascist government
1: yeah, it's it's also very authoritarian, so that's always going to go right, no matter who you are.
0: Right, and I, and I tried to kind of explain, and it was obvi- he he. It obviously was we were disagreeing on history, which is a weird thing. But I said, all right, I said, well, let's play a different game, even if we can't agree on what used to be. There's no way you think that currently the way the politics are lined out that Nazis would be left-leaning, right? Like, I mean, there's no way that they agree with left-leaning policies currently.
1: Yeah, I mean, just look at the history books, dog. Like, who they imprisoned included some very not... some very different people.
0: (laughs) Well, and if you think about, like, left-leaning politics now, like, uh, uh, affirmative action, uh, protections for different minorities and groups and sexual orientations and things like that, there's absolutely no way Nazis would be in favor of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like they would be just aligned with right-wing just out of sheer opposites, right? Uh, and, and he kind of didn't want to concede that?
1: I you're talking about, like, political beefs of, like, historical groups, right?
0: right. Well, yeah, I mean...
1: And like he's like, well, I don't know about that. It's because he has an idea in his head of like what that means. And if he's right-leaning, then that basically would basically mean that you're calling him that. But you well, know no, that's not I, what's it, happening.
0: I think it also would, would at the very least mean that everybody is right. The Nazis are right-leaning. And he's decided that they're left-leaning. Right. But I know that the argument I made was compelling because he didn't really... It wasn't really a statement against it so much as a, yeah, I don't know about that.
1: I say no, you would. Someone just gives up.
0: Yeah, um, so we we did have a busy weekend though. We were at Comic Conro. Yep. Uh, it was a very big convention for its second year. They had a like ten, twelve fairly large
1: voice actors there? Yeah, some some classic ones. A bunch of Dragon Ball voice actors. Some of the popular Funimation guys. It was pretty, it was pretty sweet.
0: I know there were a couple of you had stuff signed by. Who, who were those guys?
1: Uh, the voice actor for Android 17, which is Chuck Uber. He does a million characters.
0: The name's familiar, so I'm sure
1: I've heard we talk, stuff he's done. Yeah, he's, he's the, he, he also, uh, we talk, we had him do one of our, I think, intros way back when. We talked to him in Louisiana.
0: That's where we called, craw- okay. Man, I all weekend I kind of kept glancing at him like, have I do I know this guy? But I knew I didn't know him.
1: This That's is uh, a okay. this is this is our this was an interview that we were supposed to have ages ago, but I fanboyed so hard I walked away without ever taking his number.
0: <laughs> I, I I do recall that, and you obviously made up for it by interviewing him this weekend. Right? Yeah. Wait. Re- really?
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. You didn't see?
0: I think you mean no. <laughs> Um, it was, it was a good condo. There was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff to it. There's a lot going on. They, they filled the, the room. They filled the panels. They filled it. They filled up this time. I think they did a good job. Uh, in particular in comparison to last year.
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent. Oh, last year was like fun for wacky reasons.
0: Yeah. It was wacky fun, but this year was like organized fun.
1: Yeah. Which is a good thing you want for your convention.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, I I did get some interesting things at the convention. Uh, I I got, um, you know, that large booth that basically had a ton of figures and comics and all that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of the only
0: comic book booth at the comic convention. I guess that's a little weird. Um, I found some neat little runs of stuff that I picked up from Dollar Comics. Uh, I, I bought, so, you know, we live in this current nostalgia boom, and it's currently caught up to the 90s kids, and so, the Power Rangers are kind of a really big deal in comic books right now.
1: I mean, there's still so many cool Power Rangers stories you can tell.
0: I, I mean, I know so little. So, I don't know very much about the Power Rangers, uh but I have been curious about the comic books. Uh, they've been, they've been getting great artists, uh, and they've been basically kind of breaking in, uh, a lot of writers into the industry. These guys tend to go on to do other cool things. So I've been curious about these books. Um, so I dug through and I found a consecutive run that I'm a little interested in. Uh, I know at one point they split the titles. They went they, they put one title that was called Mighty Morphing and the other title was called Power Rangers. Uh, so I bought the first eight, seven or eight issues of the Power Rangers run. Nice. So I haven't gotten to go through it yet, but I'm curious what it is about and'll we'll, maybe down the road I'll have some information to report back if it's worth talking about. Um, and then I found just some other interesting stuff that I picked up. I did get a good, I got a great deal on some Marvel Legends figures.
1: Did you find, Are you are you getting close to completing your collection or no?
0: No, 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 no. No, no I don't want to, so this, the, the guy has a habit of taking out the Build-A-Figures and then selling these Legend figures at the con. That he's already opened and already taken part of the stuff out of.
1: Yep. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that. Well, he's a he's a toy seller. Some people only want the Build-A-Figure, and if you're that guy, that guy is exactly who you want. For real, and he makes a killing off of that Build-A-Figure,
0: I'm sure. And then he still turns around and sells these figures at a profit, so, I'm, you know, I get it. I, I get it. But... That's not, I don't, I don't want to get any wave two Age of Apocalypse figures that don't have the Colossus parts. And I'm like, what's the point of that?
1: Yeah. And like, if you're trying to collect the whole wave, like it's tough to be like, well, no, I just don't have complete figures. That's cool.
0: Right. So he did have some other figures though of characters I do like. Like I really, he, so the two I got is I got a maggot.
1: Just cool, you know. This is a character that I have talked about on the show before, like when I was a kid, when I was an actual unironic child, because I was learning about this character and I was like, That'd be crazy if they made a hero click or an action figure. Now he's got both. Now he's got both. Only took him six years,
0: <laughs> right? They got to you, though. They got to you, yeah. Uh, and so it's he, his is a pretty basic one. A lot of the Marvel Legends will come with like. Different sets of hands and a fair number of accessories or something. His just comes with
1: the two worms. I mean, that's it. That's all we needed, baby. <laughs> but like, what else are you supposed to give him?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, you're not wrong. And then the other one I bought was I really liked this new design they did when they relaunched Thor and they were doing these big cosmic stories. And in the very first arc, he agreed to save. Asgard by becoming the new Herald of Galactus.
1: Nice. So you you got Herald Thor?
0: I did. I got Herald Thor. He comes with tons of accessories. He comes with uh, uh, an enhanced Mjolnir that's glowing blue because it's like filled with lightning power. Uh, And and it's got this kind of like cool little lightning effect that you could put on the hammer to make it look like lightning is like crackling out of it or coming to it. However you want to see it. Uh, it also comes with extra sets of hands and, uh, the Ravens because, you know, at that point Thor is King of Asgard. So Odin's Ravens now serve
1: him. It's pretty wild.
0: Uh, I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very detailed, I mean, they all are Marvel legends as a, they, they spend money. On, on detailing these characters out. So it looks really good. It's a, good, it's a really cool figure. Um, but anyway, I got both of them for 30 It's
1: not bad. I forget how, like... Not inexpensive, but, like, affordable Marvel Legends can be. Because I always feel like they're, like, $25 a piece. But usually you never pay that
0: much. Yeah, they're always $25 at Walmart. For sure. For sure. But, like... When we go through Adventure Begins, you know, which we, you know, we love that place. They always take care of us. They're great people. You know, everyone should be going to Adventure Begins if you're in Conroe. Um, but they, uh, the way they're set up, you know, with how we're set up with them, we, you know, we, we build up points by how we spend our money. And you always buy all those card sets from them. So we always have just lots of points. So we get a pretty good discount on our legend figures through them. But they don't get in enough of them because of how Diamond distributes everything. So when you gotta get him in the wild, it can be expensive, but because this guy takes apart his figures like that, I I I basically was like, Yeah, I'm I don't I'm not gonna pay twenty bucks for these guys.
1: And he's like, Yeah, they're not new anyways. Here's not full price.
0: Well, so he got he tried to <laughs> There were, there were three I was looking at. He had a speedball one that I was curious about, but it's just such a boring figure.
1: You're telling me that the character's whole bit of kinetic energy doesn't come through in a static figure? Well, like... I... It'd be way funnier if he was just made of rubber and you could just, like, launch just him into the ground. Throw
0: him against people. I... There's not a good way to... Like, create the illusion of the effect of, like, all the little kinetic balls kind of bouncing around and all that which which is part of his power and i get that but it's a that being said it's such a boring build because of that
1: yeah like he's just a guy in a suit like definition of a guy in a suit
0: it's a guy in a suit and that's it and so i was looking at three of them and i was like man like it's just such a boring and there's no, there's nothing, no accessories, no, no things, no bits. I was like, yeah, nah. what
1: is, what's supposed to come with? The illusion of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I He's strictly four people completing sets for sure.
1: Wow, you're telling me that Marvel's favorite character, Speedball, isn't in more things?
0: <sighs> Not really. But, you know, so then we're looking at these three figures, all of them with the build figure pieces missing. And he's like, "Yeah, I do like fifty for all three. And I'm, I was like, "No, that's that's it's still way over." Just because again, like you've already opened all these guys.
1: Yeah, what are you gonna do with Speedball? No one's gonna roll up and be like, "Yes, is that Speedball missing his build a figure piece?" I'll take him.
0: Right. So I had about twenty bucks worth of comic books from the dollar stacks that I had. So I said, "All right, I don't, I don't think I'm not gonna get Speedball." I said, "But I do want these books." I said I'll take you up on the offer, but so I think I paid like forty five for everything.
1: That's not bad. No, it
0: was good because it was a, it was twenty three dollars worth of books and then the two Marvel Legends figures.
1: There you go, cutting deals. And
0: so I I don't know if he had like a math moment because like he kept re adding everything out loud.
1: Look. I've done that out loud and still gotten it wrong. So, yeah.
0: Well, and so, like, I was like, I was like, how about this? I said, this is basically 20 bucks worth the books. I said, I don't want speedball, but you wanted 20 for all of them. So, let's count this as speedball. I said, but let's not do 50. Let's do 45. And he was like, hang on. So, like, this is, I think it was like $22 worth of books. He's like, uh, so there's 22 books. Okay. So, that's like $20. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. But really, it's 22. And yeah. so it's, he's kind of like, eh. <laughs> he's, he's like weighing it out loud. And finally, I was just I just handed him the card and I was like, 45, yes or no? And he was like, he was like yeah, 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 that's fine, that's fine.
1: I get you on the taxes anyways, you pay the extra $3.
0: <laughs> he definitely did. I think it was like 49 or 50 something after that. So I said, "All right, whatever. Curse
1: you, sales tax.
0: Ugh. Oh man, I saw a really interesting stat. Uh, I guess we, I guess we're just gonna talk politics throughout this episode in weird ways. Uh, so people have been leaving California to come to Texas, and the reason why is lower taxes. Okay, that's the story. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: In an actual practical layout, the majority of people wind up paying more in taxes in Texas. Than they do if they had stayed in California. Because they're not in those upper tax brackets. Where they get like the large chunk of their income taken out. The 30% plus the whatever whatever's. Yeah. So what they spend in sales tax and property tax. Winds up being more. Plus the federal tax.
1: Yeah but they don't have to pay income tax. That's huge.
0: But that that was included in there. If they stayed in California, I think California does the income tax, but they don't do either property tax or sales tax, one of the two. Or if they do, the number's way low.
1: Yeah, I mean, Texas is some of the highest property taxes in the nation.
0: And it's because of the fact that we don't do the income tax, which, is, listen, everyone's got their own system. That's not the part I'm barking at. I just found the data interesting. that In terms of what you're actually
1: paying in taxes yeah and uh, i think it's going to depend on obviously the person like if if you're like oh yeah i'm buying a business and we have an office and we do all this stuff then yeah you're going to pay a ton in taxes regardless of where you are yeah absolutely and well like i could see some individuals being like i moved and i'm no longer taking 30 percent of my income as taxes and like yeah and you think you're, you're saving fine. money but
0: but then when you get here you're actually paying
1: more Uh, depends on what you're doing but yeah
0: i found it to be an interesting number they basically i think it was something along the lines of it was like 68 percent of transplants are actually paying more in taxes to live in texas than they were in california
1: yeah but they're also going to different places because you got to think like a lot of property taxes go to like local governments and stuff so like yeah, who gets Ooh. the money?
0: Probably, that's probably a fair point, but I don't. does that matter if you're the one, like, if, if you're paying it out? Like, do you care who gets it? Firefighters uh, yeah. still show up when your house is on fire, so, like...
1: That's true, but, I mean, like, I don't know, some people are weird about things.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of that because they were talking about the loan repayment stuff, so on Twitter you just see a lot of different people who, for the first time ever, are, are mad about where their taxes are going. Like, I, I'm a little weirded out by that argument. Uh, I just, I just, I can think of like dozens of things that we pay for with taxes that I don't like.
1: Yeah, that's true. Plus, you know also I mean? because I hate the government. But <laughs> well, even if I, be.
0: even as somebody who I, I don't think I like the government, but I don't feel like I hate it either. I think it, I think it serves a purpose, and the better, the more efficient they are, the happier I am because they are using my money. Uh, but there definitely are, you know, I don't I don't want robot drones flying around killing U.S. citizens at the whim of a president. And, and multiple presidents have done it. So, like, I'm not picking a side there. I just I don't want that. Um,
1: Too bad. We already did it.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's like we are not putting that genie back in the bottle the next president isn't going to go, I'm not going to use robots. Like, that's not going to happen.
1: He dismantles AI, anything with the computer learning thing, he just blows it up.
0: Well, anything like any drone warfare type thing that spares the lives of soldiers. By the way, we definitely live in the modern era where allegedly armed services are having trouble filling their quotas. Um, and, God and forbid
1: are, we're moving towards a more peaceful society.
0: Well, and people are... Listing all kinds of things that they're blaming it on and i saw the other day that someone's blaming it on the debt loan forgiveness stuff and i was like i don't think that's why people aren't signing up for the armed services i would guess people aren't signing up because we've been in like non-stop wars and and it is my generation who's been getting chewed up through all of this different stuff and Leaving healthy and coming back messed up and damaged and hurt and wounded and broken, and then watching the country not take care of them. Right. Like it's not a good deal.
1: (laughs) You want to risk your life for your country, almost die, if not die, and then come back and then be like, all right. And they're like, so I'm treated as a hero. No, you get nothing. Yeah. Here's all
0: the free stuff we promised. It's really hard to get, we're gonna deny coverage
1: oh, sorry, Uh, people aren't accepting veteran home loans. Oh, sorry, they don't actually accept this.
0: I thought it was fascinating um, when when the burn pit stuff started coming up. I was always under the impression the VAs get free health care, and they do. Uh, But when you're, I guess when you're a reserve or something like this, it has to be to, de- you get free health care, but only for stuff related to your service. I didn't know that that was, the, I didn't think that was the deal. So, like, I don't know how we got to that.
1: Yeah, and then, and of course, Army reserve is really a very different thing than regular, sort full active duty.
0: It is, except for the fact that we use a lot, of, like, we use those people.
1: Yeah, but you're not doing the same thing, is my point. Like you're not on bases. You're not, you know, I deployed. I,
0: I think many. No, no, you. you're, too, Oh, you're too young. That's I was almost, no. Yeah, you're too young. Uh, for about a year and a half in Iraq. We were in Afghanistan. I think we were like 50 percent. Uh, reserves like National Guard and stuff like that. were who was out there. And then this was the worst part. They issued what was called a stop loss order where you weren't able to leave when your term expired because you were already like you were already over there. Awesome. So you were like, Yeah, I signed up for eighteen months. Like <laughs> I'm only supposed to be active for eighteen months. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, it's cool, don't worry about it. And then you were there for like two and a half years. Tough. And now that you're back, uh, if you got cancer from working around burn pits, the VA doesn't cover it. And you're like, what?
1: Awesome. Thanks, America.
0: But it's definitely the student loans is why people don't sign up for the Army.
1: Yeah. Why else would people sign up for the Army?
0: Right. But uh, you know they did finally go back and they took a second vote, but they did get that stuff straightened out. And now those people do get coverage for that. But I was, I was confused by the whole process because I was like, wait a minute. I thought that they already get health care. So I need to, I, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to talk to some veteran friends to look into that. Because I was always under the impression, like, the reason you serve is for the free health care.
1: Oh, yeah. No. You don't even Not, get that.
0: I've got some buddies who, like, basically they kind of laid it out where they were like, yeah, you do your 20 years in the military. Come out, you're 38. You have healthcare for life. Plus you start out, you get a pension for that. Then you do your 20 years as like either a firefighter or a cop. And then you retire from that right at 20 years and you get double pensions. Plus you have the free healthcare plus the other bennies. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's a smart way to do it. And that's what a lot of people do. So they do 40 years, but they started when they were 18. And by the time they're 58, they're double dipping and have a bunch of different free setups, as of benefits. I remember working a million years ago, uh, I was just starting college and I I worked in an academy and they like to hire veterans and stuff like that. So there were like three or four different guys I was working with who were on that kind of plan. Like one of them was 18 years in. He was like, yeah, two more years and I retire and then I go into something else. And they were just doing this part time while they were stationed here in the States.
1: I did. I, I had a professor who was a. He was a former marine who worked at the the Dick's Sporting Goods uh, gun counter.
0: Yeah, man, they like to hire a lot of veterans for stuff like that. I don't. I don't have. A problem. I think it's a smart.
1: Yeah, I mean, like usually these people are, you know, reliable. They have a lot of work history. Here's
0: here's the thing. If I was running a small business, and I needed a bunch of forward facing people, customer service, that type of thing. Of course I would hire veterans for that. Like, I don't know why you, I don't know why more people don't.
1: It is a weird stigma. Also, the professor was weird because he was a professor at a college and also doing that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. I learned from my government professor in college that, that adjunct professors just don't get paid a lot.
1: It was it was probably my most enjoyable class. That will probably be in my head forever.
0: You know what's funny is that's the same like the same with me. It was my the my adjunct professor, the only one I that I had when I was going to community college, which was weird. Most of them though worked for the college directly. Uh, was one of my favorite classes, and it was because he was so down to earth and just. He related everything back to real world stuff to help explain it. And I think that that was an interesting way to teach government. Uh, and so I really, I really liked that class, but he was an adjunct professor and he was, he though was adjuncting. He was, t- he took on like, he worked for like three colleges. It's so like every, he didn't, he didn't post office hours. He just gave an email address for you to send stuff to, he goes. I do everything via email because I don't have an office because I'm traveling between three colleges all the time.
1: And you're like fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. Like, what are you supposed to do when everyone's trying to make it? Like the guy's got to hustle to be a professor. Like leave him be, right?
1: I have ten thousand papers to grade. Email me about this later.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's a, that's a smart way to do it. And that is what he would do in class. Like if people had like, uh, I, you know, I um, I gave this and this and I haven't gotten it back from you yet or I haven't heard back or I was curious about this or that. And he's like, any any of those kind of questions, uh, let's do those via email.
1: I'm too busy for you. Go away.
0: And I, I, I think it's a smart way to do it. Like instead of me stopping class to go through my notes and figure out what we're talking about. How about you just email me? And then when I actually have access to everything, I can answer in a quick way. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, but talking about working in an academy or a Dix or whatever, it probably shouldn't have to be that way, though. But, yeah, man. I mean, if I, if I fresh home from the, you know, from conflict and I'm trying to get my stuff situated and get started on something, and I need to get money going in why wouldn't I go to an academy or a dicks or something like that? Like, it's just, a, it seems like a natural fit.
1: Yeah, especially when you're doing, especially when he was doing, he was working the gun counter. It's like,
0: I couldn't think of a more qualified person. Right. Also, try and take a gun from the guy.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. And that's the other thing is that he was like, because he was fairly tall. He was like 6'2", 6'3", you know, very, very fit. You could tell he has a marine, he's got the he's got the classic anchor tattoo, and you're like, Oh man. Like, I wouldn't mess with this guy for like anything. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm nervous and I'm like he's teaching me how to ride creatively, you know? <laughs> um
0: so there's been a lot of interesting stuff on Netflix here lately that I've been watching. Um also on Hulu. Have you heard about this? Ryan Reynolds and Rob, I think it's McCainy, from "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." They partnered up and bought a Welsh soccer team. What? So essentially, you know how in in the Welsh soccer team participates in the Premier League structure. So you know how they promote and relegate. Right, like teams, top four teams in a league move up to a better league. Bottom four teams move
1: down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this Welsh
0: team has had 14 straight losing seasons.
1: So they're just the worst teams in the world?
0: So they are now, it's, Premier League technically only has three levels. They are in the fourth level of Premier League, which starts a second tier. And they can't fall any lower because they're a professional club. So, like, they pay their players. (laughs) Nice. They're they're the lowest they can fall at this point. Uh, So it's an interesting investment. Like, I've, I've always wondered, like, where do you make money owning a sports franchise? Ideally, if this club were to place top four in two consecutive seasons, they would then be... One ring below Premier League, which is like Real Madrid, Manchester United type stuff. They would be in that B-League to that. And, uh, I mean, if they were to sell the club at that instant, it would be worth probably 10 to 20x what they... And then didn't disclose what they bought it for. And I was like, that's how you build value in a club. That makes sense.
1: But, man, that was that's a crazy deal.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, the first two episodes premiered last week. It showed them buying it, and they're doing, like, they're, they're, like, I mean, they're all in. Like, they are taking this very seriously, which included cutting promos for the sponsors for the club.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so you got to think, they're doing ads for the sponsors of their Welsh soccer club So they're literally their main sponsor is this trailer company that makes different trailers, like for livestock or different things.
1: This is amazing.
0: So they cut these forty-second commercials for the uh, for the trailer company.
1: Like what the like? What is happening?
0: (laughs) Tell me you wouldn't sponsor a semi-pro soccer club to get a Ryan Reynolds commercial. You know what I mean? Like, that's that turns out to be them.
1: Man, if this isn't the best team in the league, I don't know who is.
0: Well, they're, they're definitely not. They actually, their season got to the point where they were playing. It's In episode two, they were playing. If they won, then they actually promoted up a league.
1: Yeah. So they were
0: they were in a position to if they won they would be in fourth place by points. Well, they tied.
1: Oh, classic.
0: So they did not promote.
1: Like, I'm pretty sure like they're so good at 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 football that they're just going to they're like playing against like 17-year-old boys and still losing.
0: Well, no, they're they're basically playing, again, in, in what is basically a semi-pro league. Remember, like, the Houston Hotshots kind of thing?
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, these are, like, these it are, like, 18-year-olds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, like, also in that group is, like, guys who've been playing for 15 years and just aren't ready to give it up. And yeah. so the last couple of years they've fallen this far down. You know what I mean? Like. Like one of the guy, one of the players has been in the league, has been on the team for 16 years. Yeah. Uh, But like the average salary is $36,000 for these players. So it's not like it's.
1: It's not great money, but you know what he's doing? Being a professional soccer player.
0: And that that to, to a man, that's what they were all saying. It's like, at this level, you don't do it for the money. And uh, it's hard to argue that. I mean, I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah, like, they probably have a second job that, like, they actually pay their mortgage with. But they also play soccer for money.
0: Right. It's like uh, I'm a professional video gamer after my second place finish in a paid tournament. Yeah. These guys are that. professional soccer players. There's no getting around it. You're right. Um... Another cool thing that I saw is Netflix uh, is doing another season of like their 30 for 30 sports documentaries about just interesting sports stories. So there's been a couple that I really, really liked. One of them, uh, yeah, he played for the Portuguese team, the team in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, one, he was the greatest player of his era. But his name is uh, Figo. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, and he is loved in Portugal, and he's and he's a, just a great player. Uh, however, Portugal is sort of while they are in the Premier League, they are a poorer team in the Premier League. Um, uh, there happens to be an election year. So in these different clubs, it's interesting, they elect a president for the club every couple of years. Uh-huh. Well, Real Madrid and Portugal both were holding elections for their president the same year, which didn't happen very often. Well, one of the guys who was coming on and in Real Madrid, he reached out to the agent for Figo, and he said, listen, I want figo to come join real madrid if i win the election and so basically they the agent and him go back and forth they work out a deal the agent then goes to figo and says listen they all they're talking about first of all figo had a 60 million dollar buyout because he had like four years left on his brand new deal with portugal
1: nice nice
0: and so, like the agents telling him, like, "Hey, Real Madrid wants you to come play for him," and he's like, oh, "Okay, well, that doesn't matter. Like, you know, we have a contract in place, blah blah blah." And he goes, "Yeah, but if this guy, if he wins the election, he says he's going to buy you out, so that you're a free agent, and then he wants you to sign with them." And uh, the number that he was giving, I think it was like twelve million a year, and in Portugal at that point he was making two to three million a year. So he said, all right, well, I'll tell you what, go to the president, go to the guy who's, who's slated to win our election in Portugal and, and, and see if you can get me a raise. If you can't get me a raise, then maybe we're going to do this Real Madrid thing. Well, the guy turns him down on the and He said, no, he's got like four years left on his deal. We're not doing this. We're not giving him more money. He should be thrilled with what he has. He shouldn't be so greedy well the story then leaks that real madrid is going to sign him if so and so wins the tournament or so and so wins the election the dude just flat out he gets kind of cornered by the press and finally he's like yes if i win the election i will i will then i think it is a done deal that figo will then come to us here at real madrid if he does not i'm so sure of it i will make a bet with you the press that if he does not come to real madrid I will pay the membership dues my first year of the members of Re of Real Madrid. And so this it's like a governing body. and so he's basically saying I will pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to the voting members of Real Madrid if I don't bring you FIgo.
1: right.
0: Uh, it goes back and forth. It's a huge controversy. The new guy comes in in Portugal and he uh, again is adamant he's not giving a raise. The other guy comes into Real Madrid and he turns around and he, he pays the buyout. There you go. Then Figo changes his mind and doesn't want to go to Real Madrid.
1: Oh, no. He
0: he wants to stay in Portugal. And what it is, you can kind of read between lines. He's a weak-willed guy. He wants to be loved. Athletes love to be loved. They don't want to be booed. And Portugal is turned on. As the news is breaking throughout this election cycle, the longer it goes on, the boards are like he's just a mercenary. We thought he was one of us, but he just wants money. He's only in this for money. Blah, 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 blah. They're they're the bitter fan, right? Like once you find out your guy is willing to go to the Yankees, it's kind of an upsetting thing.
1: I can't believe you've betrayed me, even though they you've no connection to this person. Right. Like you betrayed you me personally. This? don't do this to me, buddy. No. No.
0: So anyway, it takes a lot of convincing, but eventually Figo does in fact sign with Real Madrid. And when he does, he had left on vacation before everything officially happened. And then he went to Real Madrid and signed the deal and never went home. So he didn't, he never went back to Portugal for like 30 years, except for games. And when he would get back there, the the fans just obliterated him. Yeah. Just a blitter, but it was such a fascinating story because everyone has their own version of what happened.
1: That didn't happen, this is how it went down, it's totally different.
0: Well, like both presidents have their own story, the agent has his own story. And the reason he went to Real Madrid one of the reasons is the is there was a provision in the deal that everyone sat around and made that if they paid the 60 million dollars for the buyout. And Figo didn't wind up at Real Madrid, there was a penalty payment of 30 million euros. What? Well, Figo never signed the buyout agreement. The agent did. So Figo told the agent that, like, hey man, sounds like you're on the hook for the 30 million euros, not me. So then it became the agent's job to talk Figo into signing with Real Madrid.
1: Man, this has got to be the worst job on the planet.
0: Uh, It was crazy. It was crazy. It was a really interesting documentary. You could, when you watch it, there's some things that this Figo guy says that makes me feel like he knew what he was
1: doing. I mean, like, it's always, it's history. Like, history's, time. like, hindsight's 20-20, right?
0: For sure, for sure, but there's some, the way he phrases some things, he was like, I never signed an agreement, but he was on the phone verifying agreements with the agent, and everyone agrees on that part, like, Figo, the agent, and the future president of Real Madrid, they all agree that Figo was on speakerphone during this time, but that he was still in Portugal. It's
1: like, (laughs) yeah, but I mean, like, he's like, he's like trying to get away, he's trying to sneak off at the technicality, like, "Oh, technically I didn't sign anything, it's like, yeah, but you agreed to it on a phone call. Everyone was there. Like, yeah, you no knew one's going to vouch for you, dog.
0: Deal. Yeah, you knew what was in this deal. There's no getting away from it. So there's some stuff like that where he's like, it's just not my name signed on the document. And you're like, that's not what we said, though. Like, <laughs>
1: That wasn't like, the question. Yeah, we know you didn't sign, but like you said you would do it. <laughs> right. And he's like, but my name's not on the papers. And you're like, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. Show me anywhere
0: where the name Figo is on this document. It's like, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. That's not what we're doing right now.
0: Yeah, That's not the game. Uh, but it was interesting. Also, there's one that I think everyone needs to watch. I'm not going to say what it seems like they're implying, but it's about Tim Donaghy, the, the referee and the betting scandal.
1: Is this the ref that fixed games in the NBA? Um,
0: Yeah, so two things with that, and I know we're up against it here. He swears up and down he never fixed games because he didn't make fake calls. And as a matter of fact, the NBA did rate him as the third most accurate calls ref. So, like, they review referees and they give, like, percentages on, like, calls they got right. He was number three in the entire league during this season in question. So... The way he views it is the calls he made were correct. He was just selective in what he made, so he didn't fix games because he didn't change. He didn't use fake calls, which is I think is I think it's an interesting argument. Like I think he's kind of justifying to himself what he did there.
1: Right, but we everyone knows that omitting details is in fact lying.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but also, the FBI was ready to continue their investigation even further. And David Stern basically killed it. They were going to send Tim Donaghy undercover wearing a wire on the rest of the refs in the NBA because they believed that there were more refs cheating.
1: That's huge.
0: That's massive. Uh, I'm not going to try and even try and say what that kind of implies, but it also they also just flat out lay it out that David Stern killed it. Um, now the NBA issues a statement that says the exact opposite, but.
1: But that statement's made with white text on a back a black screen, and you're like, I don't know how much I trust this.
0: Well, I mean, you could say whatever you want in a statement, but when I when I watch you tell your story, I get to judge your credibility. That's true. Uh, all right, we're up against it. We want to thank everybody for listening. We're gonna jump out to a break, and then there's more Nerdtalk Radio coming up behind it. Everybody have a great weekend. We're gonna celebrate, have a great Labor Day, enjoy your extra day off, uh, and we'll be back next week. This is as always, nerd. Thug Radio.